Do you want to hear about the worst sales pitch I've ever heard? Yes. This is, I, this is inspired because today I got my new, my new phone, my new iPhone. Okay. Nice. I'm with, with Virgin. Congratulations. Mobile. Thank you. Virgin Mobile, as most companies do, they, they, re, they want to re, uh, reward loyalty, right? So you stay with them long enough. They want to make sure that you stay on, right? Yeah. So as a sign of good fortune, a couple months ago, as Virgin Mobile knows, I was about to be out of a contract with them. <laughs> they added 10 gigs of data to my plan. Right. Bro, wow. Wonderful. Thanks, guys. Wow. Like for free. No extra charge. Just here's an extra because I only had four gigs. So like, here's 10. Now you're 14. <laughs> cool. Thanks, guys. Now More than tripled it. That I got yeah. for free. Right. So that was that was for my plan two years ago. Fast forward to now, and I'm calling. I'm only calling uh, Virgin Mobile because I moved, so I have to update my address with with them. Right. Yeah. And you know, so I talked to them, and they're like, "Oh, you know, you're actually eligible for for an upgrade." And I was like upgrade <laughs> what do you got and they're like well we can actually give you a free iphone 12 if you'd like uh with with uh, select plans and i'm like okay so what are these select plans the do so they end up telling me i end up getting a plan for 60 bucks a month which is less than my previous plan for 15 wow. gigs of data wow now more data for less money i like that the caveat the phone is free but i have to pay for it in increments over the length of the plan of course it is i'm okay with that Okay. Yeah. It seemed like the per gen of iPhone, it went up about $11 per month. So I was like, hmm. Okay. <laughs> what about the previous gen? <laughs> I like, so I, so iPhone 12 was like an additional, like 40 something bucks a month to pay off with my plan, which would make it like over a hundred bucks. I'm like, oh, yep. oh man. Like it's kind of, kind of pricey. It's a good, it's a lot of data. I appreciate that. It's a whole, it's a right. you know, iPhone 12 for free, but do I really want to be paying this? I'm not sure I do. I mean, isn't down. it? Okay, but isn't it basically what you were paying for your old plan anyway? It's it's about it was it would have been about between twenty five to thirty dollars more. What? Because my okay. old plan was eighty a uh, month. Understandable. Like total, yeah. Right. Okay. So, so I go I go one tier down. Go to iPhone eleven. iPhone eleven is like thirty something bucks a month, and I'm like, mm-hmm, okay. Mm. Mm. I was like, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I so I go another tier down. I go to to the iPhone XR, and I look at it. It's only like twenty bucks a month. All right, I'm, I'm liking this. We keep going down. We keep going. Right, right, right. This is great. Ended up getting the same phone. <laughs> so I end up looking at. It. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, I look at it, and and the iPhone X, the iPhone 10, whatever you call it, only has one camera. Well, mm. if I'm going to upgrade, I need a dual camera. Right. You need a welcome to the multiple camera gang. Yeah. yeah. So now I have two, two cameras. One, two. Ah, uh, look at that. I, and I ended up settling on the iPhone 11. And you know what? I feel like it was a good. It was a happy medium. I got what I wanted. Did you try to get a crisp shot as soon as you got it? I took a selfie and found out I'm way uglier than I thought. Oh, dude, I was (laughs) like, I am not not handsome enough for this phone. I held it right up and went, oh, why why are we making cameras so good nowadays? I don't need to see myself in this this clarity. I like a little bit of blur. I like to know that I like some mystery. Yeah, it's coincidental that as cameras get better, more filters appear. Ah, you're right. That's, yeah. that's a very, very good point. More beauty filters are available now. But the reason I brought this up was not to 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 express my gratitude, which I am with Virgin Mobile, because that's one thing. That's okay. Yeah. I, I'm not. I have nothing but uh, good things to say. I've, I've been. So I've been let me bash them for like two minutes. <laughs> the worst sales call I ever got was about a month and a half ago from my previous phone company, Telus. Right now. I'm about to destroy Telus because I'm going to expose <laughs> one of their what one of their employees actually called me to say. This dude called called me up, 
I do know, I, bro, who on God's green earth wants to be solicited at any point, least of all over the phone when you're not expecting a call? Yeah. So I get a call from TELUS, okay? And this conversation only lasts like two minutes. And it was, it was so <laughs> sour and foul that I was like, what the? So this dude calls me. He's like, hi, I'm calling from, uh, from TELUS Mobility, wondering if we can, uh, we see that you, you know, you have a number that you had with us. We were wondering if we could uh, do anything to bring you back. So I'm anticipating right. a pitch here. So I'm like, yeah, all right. to bring you back. You want to bring me back? Cool. What you let got? Me hear it. Yeah, let me What do you it. got? Bring it up. He goes, uh, and I said, well, but I'm never that welcoming, right, for people who's listening on the phone. So I asked him, well, how, how long is this going to take? He goes, <laughs> maybe five minutes. I said, all right, I got five minutes. Five minutes, I assume you're going to give me a better offer because you want to bring it back. Go ahead. Of course. He goes, so, sir, what is your current uh, phone plan with Virgin Mobile? No, he didn't. No, I he went, didn't. Come on. Buddy, what? I was like, um, oh my excuse God. me? I was like, you're calling me. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to give you information about what I'm, what, so you can beat it by 5%? You, ca- you called to bring me back. Uh, Pitch to me. Yeah, let and me he's, like, well, he's like, well, how would I know what your phone plan is? And I'm like, you're not supposed to. Hey, check your freaking tone here, dude, because yeah. I'm, you're trying to bring me back here, okay? You're not trying to win an argument. <laughs> and he goes, well, how am I supposed to know what your phone plan is? I'm like, well, you know what my phone plan was, and you know that I left. So you know it has to be better than that. So make yeah. me a better offer. And this dude goes, well, I don't know what, I'm, what you want me to do here. No, you're I'm not like, supposed to know. The onus isn't on me here to make a pitch. You are trying to bring me back. So tell me what you want to have. And so he goes, he calls me, and, and so he's just, I can tell you, super pissy about, this is like, like 90 seconds in. He calls me super pissy. He's like, and he just can't get over the fact that I have not given him the information of my phone plan over the phone. Again, I don't know this guy. He's yeah. just calling me out of the blue. So I tell him, you know what, sir? Thanks very much, but I'm not interested. No, thank you. You know what, you know what he said to me? How would you think the end of this call goes? Every professional call person, no matter how the conversation goes, says, because they're representing oh, their company. Thank you for your time. Please keep Thank us you in for your time for future plans. Something, Something along like those lines, right? Yeah. Future plans are redundant, by the way, just for the future. This man, you know what he said? What? Well, you couldn't have started with that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was oh like, my goodness. or no, not because you have started that with, with, oh, you couldn't have said that at the beginning, like, or, or earlier. And I'm like, <laughs> sir, we've been on the phone for 90 seconds here. I have not wasted your time. I have simply <laughs> asked you to pitch to me because that's why you called. If anything, and you wasted my time. It literally, and so I just, I just hung up. I was like, this is the absolute worst sales call I've ever heard in my entire life. Have you ever had a similar experience? Like I, I no, was baffled. I just say, I'm going into work. I'm sorry. I can't. And then they go, when can we call you? I'm like, I don't know, try. And then if I'm, yeah, if I'll I'm, see when I'm, available. If I'm busy, I won't pick up. Yeah. <laughs> why, I did why not... do I have to give you my, my daily schedule? Just call. And if I'm busy, I'm not going to pick up. You're not. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, yeah, there, there's never a good time, quite frankly. You might exactly. catch me. I want to just keep calling. Like the only, I, the only people I'm answering that question for are like my dad, my sister, you and my girlfriend. That's it. Yeah. There's Just very, lines. very few people. What do you care? <laughs> what do you care? Yeah. So what's your schedule like? When can we call you? Listen, I don't know you. You don't know me like that. I'm not going to be giving you this information. No, exactly. And I just thought it was funny. You could have just been hunting me and wanting to know my plan so you can, I don't know. You could be a scammer. Yeah, you could could just say you're from Telus Mobility. What onus do I have to provide this to you? I couldn't believe it. I was like, what a dummy. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's under the impression that he has the upper hand. It's like you want me to come back. He's a trainee. There's no way. I just started the job. His rage, yeah, he starts. He's his first few calls went really well, and he's never had to deal with adversity before. He's a very clearly a very junior member, and he was like, 
Yeah, no one's ever I hate said this no job. Me. Guys are so mean. <laughs> Nobody ever wants to talk to me. I talk to people, they're pissed off. <laughs> you know when uh, you know when Pam started doing the, the sales job in the, yeah. at the Scranton office instead of just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And she was like, Jim, why why do I suck? She's like, our I can't tell you we have lower prices. <laughs> Are lower prices something you care about? <laughs> like, yeah. I want you know you're calling a customer. What do I want? What does anybody want? Listeners. What do you think? If I call you offering you something, you want to get paid the least amount of money to do yeah. the, the lowest amount of work. Just alternatively, for my, you, for, yeah. right, you want to pay the least amount of money for the most amount of service, right? Mm-hmm. So you know that I left and you're going to call me and yell at me to come back. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I, forget this. Anyway. An abusive anyway. relationship. Yeah, this is just, I just wanted to kick off the show with this because I was, I was inspired by how lovely this iPhone is. And, Actually, uh, since we're talking about incompetence, can I can I talk to you about uh, something that happened do. to me when I was planning my courses? Please do. Okay, so in in my like faculty, I have to take something called a complementary elective, which is just another engineering course that isn't mechatronics, right? So I have to take okay. something that is not in my scope, be- so that I'm well rounded as an engineer. Cool. Yep. Cool. Cool. There's like a list of ten courses that I have to pick, and I have to do two of each, like there's two lists and I have to do two of each. So there's four complementary electives in general. Sounds hard. I'm so glad I did sport media. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, that's true. You've already lost me. So (laughs) I have already chosen that I want to do image processing because it seems cool, right? Yep. And the other ones just suck. The other options were terrible. Yeah. So I go on Mosaic, the the McMaster website, so I can add the course into my my enrollment, right? So I can enroll into it. And it just goes, it failed to enroll because you're missing the prerequisites. And I'm like, well, of course I'm missing the prerequisites. This is a computer engineering course. I'm in mechatronics. Of yeah. course I'm not going to have the same prerequisites. And yeah. I've never had this issue before with my other complimentary electives. So I emailed the, the advisor and I go, okay, so I was denied because I don't have the prerequisites, but I checked with the courses that the comp engine has to take. And we've taken several of these courses in mechatronics. They're just called something else. Right. And then she goes, not my job. Email this person. So I'm already pissed. <laughs> I'm, I'm Bro, already she just passed it along. It's Monday. She yeah. was like, yeah, to hell with you. I don't care. She's like, I'm Tim, the co-op advisor, Tim, email the here. academic advisor. So it's fair. <laughs> like I emailed the wrong person, but I'm already, I was already annoyed. Now I'm pissed. Right. Yeah. So, I, so I go on this online chat for the academic advisor and this dude goes, how may I help you? Keep in mind, I was in line for 45 minutes yeah, in exactly. the little chat box. <laughs> so this poor guy has no idea what he's getting. Right. So I was about to get the, wasting just time, a shit storm rain down yeah, on him. Exactly. Keanu Reeves style. hundred <laughs> percent. This poor guy, instead of writing my question again, I emailed exactly what I, I sent exactly what yeah. I emailed. So I copied yeah. and pasted it and I go for convenience sake, I sent my email to this person. Um, and I just copied it here because I know you and I have, uh, have very little time because I'm working right now. Yeah. <laughs> and then the dude goes, Oh, okay. Let me email this other person who's the academic advisor oh my and, then God. and then wait for your reply or wait for his reply. And I'm like, okay, so I'll wait here then instead of giving him my email. <laughs> right. So I waited in the chat with him, kept the session going. He gets an email back saying, oh yeah, the student has to go request um, the request access to the course from the, uh, from the department that's teaching it. So I'm like, listen, man, call me I'm, stupid. I'm not that interested. You're forcing yeah. me to take this course and I have exactly. to do the work to get to all these people. Call me stupid. But this is a required course in my undergrad, but I have, but I have to select it between other options. So right. it's kind of like a semi-requirement. Why is it on me yeah. to go get permission when two departments can just talk to each other? Literally. It seems like there's a very, like a big lack of synergy here. 
Yeah. And, uh, and, and he just goes, a whole bunch of people said, yeah, not my problem. Not my yeah. job. I understand your frustrations, blah, blah, blah. I'll pass it along to, to the people making decisions. And I was like, so will I. Thank you for your help. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that reminds me at Ryerson, we used to have course intentions. And the amount of courses I took at Ryerson that I had no business taking because the course intentions, oh, intentions, what are intentions? What does that mean to you? The word intentions. I know whenever I throw to you, it never goes well. But something, if I had to, something that I plan on doing. Yeah, you, right. and you, you just... What does it look? What do you want to take? Of course, yeah. intentions. What do you intend on taking? And this is done the year pre, uh, previous, so that you know for the next year what courses should run. Dude, Hence I had name. like eight courses that I really wanted to take that I would try to take every year that were on the sheet that said <laughs> no, this course will not be running. I'm like, you, you've made this decision way too early here. I'm doing my course intentions. I'm expre- I'm expressing to you my intent to take this course. Not to mention there could be hundreds of thousands of other people. Literally. If you make it unavailable then how am I supposed to like intend to take it? Yeah. I intend to take this class. You're like, well, you can't, well then take it off. Why do you still have it here? I mean, to like, Oh my goodness. That's terrible. That's so stupid. So, so many of the, so many of these decisions really don't make sense to me. And, genuinely i just want to go up to the people in the office like i want to see them because i want to talk yeah. i, I like, just want to hold up decision? a big mirror and just tell them the thought process of things that have that students have to go through and you're like does this make sense to you you yeah. couldn't you couldn't just talk like mechatronics to c- computer engineering couldn't have just decided anyone that enrolls from this department in this course should be allowed what's annoying is the person who you tell about it sometimes will have sympathy for you and you can tell it's not their job and they're just like yeah i know yeah yeah and I it's know, like bro. But that's not in that. I don't accept that solution. That's not a solution. I'm looking for solutions, not sympathy. Yeah, bring it up I want in your you next faculty meeting. Yeah. Or something. you know, like Stupid. fix it. Make the anyway. Way to go off topic, guys. That's our bro talk for the day. You guys know us, Nathan. Yeah. That's Mina. Brethren FC is the other name of this podcast, guys. Today we are going <laughs> to be doing a more in-depth version of the little video clip that we did on Friday. Um, if you didn't see that, go check it out. It's on our YouTube channel at MasterChef. Nay, we basically did what is going on at the Euros because since our recording schedule is Mondays, uh, a lot has happened, right? So we did a little episode on Friday just kind of breaking down what has happened up to this point. But in this episode, we're looking to go a little bit more in depth on the major talking points coming out of this tournament, all right? Um, so what I'd like to start with, obviously, has to just be Group A and then we'll work our way down. Because the main event is going to be Portugal. And let me tell you guys, I don't have nice things to say. I have solutions. We're saving the best, we're saving the best for last. And that's not because you know what? it's the best games. But Here's what we're going to do. Actually, since it's our show, we can do it we're going to start there. Because nice. we were just talking about incompetence. And so let's talk about how incompetent Brilliant. Fernando Santos is. Now, Brilliant. you told me to give this disclaimer. No relation. Yeah, Nathan yeah. Santos, Fernando Santos. No relation. I mean, probably some distant relation, but none, <laughs> no visible relation, no immediate relation. No mental this, relations. No. And clearly we have a completely different understanding of the sport. This and, and size of sack, because this dude has, doesn't have that, doesn't have one at all, period. Let's removed. talk about what happened. Before I even get to the incompetence that is Fernando Santos and why Portugal should be excelling and they're not, can we talk about how good Germany are? Like, dude, Germany are a hell of a lot better Surprisingly than... Good. Like they have taken it to France. They yeah. probably, de- I would argue, probably deserved the win that day. And then yeah. they beat the shit out of Portugal. But here's why they beat the shit out of Portugal. This is really what I want to get at. In the first game that Portugal played, and I don't want to get too much into it because job done, right? They ended up winning against Hungary. But any, but everybody who listens to the show knows I have serious problems if you play 
two DMs against the weakest team in the group. That's what happened with England and Scotland. We'll get to that a little bit later. But it, it, Fernando Santos, what are you doing, bro? Why are you playing two holding midfielders? There's the fact that we don't need two holding midfielders to play the weakest team in the group. But there's the other thing that our, you know, people talk about Portugal being one of the favorites for the group or, or for the whole tournament. And it's like, but they're, and they do have a lot of crazy attacking depth. But defensively, there you see how like trash Danilo and William Carvalho are. And quite frankly, Rui Patricio isn't great either. Right. So like right. we do have some some positions that are not good. And <clears throat> when you're playing with two DMs, it limits your style of play for one, but also you're greatly reducing the actual quality of talent in your 11 because, bro, the 11 now has two players in it, at least, who are bad, who are just straight up bad. Right. So just, anyways, so that, just you're just weakening it in terms of quality. Right. Now, I personally, you guys know my thoughts on Renato Sanchez. I would love for Renato Sanchez to be starting literally every game in this midfield. And that's not a position I thought I would have until he came on against Hungary. I thought, maybe I didn't think he should start the game against Hungary. Maybe I thought it would have been Ruben Neves or even Moutinho. Just somebody else who offers a little bit more than Carvalho and Danilo because they're bad. They're not, they're not good at playing the sport of soccer. And typically, if you want, you want <laughs> players who are good at playing the sport of the competition that you're playing in. So then Renato came on. And I'm looking at Renato and thinking, bro, Renato's back. Like, this is the Renato Sanchez that we all fell in love with. Yeah, it's this not dude the Swansea is the Renato physical dribble, uh, dribbler, energizer bunny who anytime he's in trouble, just tw- literally just twists his way out of it, just rotates. He's like, well, they can't follow me if I twist. And it works no. every time. He's a hard dribbler where he doesn't have like the silk, but it stays to his feet as he surges through people. Yeah. He's been, I would say, Portugal's best player in midfield, certainly, and there's no real competition there. Every time he steps on the field, he's been Portugal's best player. And I know Ronaldo won us the game against Hungary, but he has been the, the difference maker. He's been the catalyst from turning a, a dead game well, into an actually an entertainment. Yeah. And usually you look at catalyst and you don't typically think of like your energizer bunny midfielder, but he's just the only one providing any sort of spark or energy into the team. And he's actually right. linking up defense and offense, which shouldn't be his job. But it is, and he's doing great at it. And so we got absolutely thrashed by Germany. Why? Because we we just let Germany thrash us. There is a strategy, for those who don't know, I'm going to explain this to you. This is going to be like a deep dive explanation here. But I trust that our listeners are, you guys are footy savvy enough. You guys know this. Mm-hmm. If you're playing with two defensive midfielders, what you want to do is also play with your two center backs. So you have your block of four. All right? Right. This is what's cluttering the box now. This is what's going to be very, very hard to play through. Then with your fullbacks, your fullbacks should now be sprayed wide because you don't need a narrow four because you have your two sixes. Your two sixes can drop. Your two defensive midfielders can can cover. cover, And then your fullbacks can go play wide. I don't know if Fernando Fernando Santos was aware that Germany were murdering us out wide. Like if he just didn't know that this is where it was coming from or if he didn't know how to fix it. But this is how you fix it. Robin Gosens played unbelievably well. Well Well-deserved man of the match. No questions, uh, no doubts whatsoever. But you know why? He literally had zero opposition the entire game. (laughs) Germany played with these these wingbacks that were so wide. And we were playing with a narrow block of six where our four were, uh, like our back four were compressed. And then our six were in. So we're just inviting inviting them on. So much pressure and giving everybody so much space because we're trying to be compact. Where Nelson Smedo, who isn't already isn't a great defender, he's, a, he's an okay player, but he's not a great def- he's a he's a bad defender, quite frankly. 
is now giving just all of the room in the world to Gosens at, at left wing back. And I think if yeah. he goes, if he shifts out 10, 15 yards, even just to close him down a little bit, it's a completely different game. So yeah, just pin him back a little bit. Me to pin him back. Like don't. And it wasn't like we were getting murdered by sending our wing, our, our fullbacks forward. And then they had acres of space. We were just standing off and being so narrow that we gave them all of the space in the middle of the park and all of the space out wide. It's we one thing to both. be compact and narrow. You can do that if you're 15, 20 yards up the pitch. So if you hold a high line, which forces them to go to push back or be offside, that's another, it's a completely different story because that's what Chelsea do. That's what they do, right? Right. Even though it's a back three, that's what they do. They play their back three and then they always have five and five. And I'm okay with that. And that's what Germany did so well. Now, here's the thing. Germany, what, and this you can see every time that Portugal attacked, we hit them on a perfect counter. Germany have not been actually run through in midfield. And I think this would have been the perfect game to do that. Now, Fernando Santos, this goes back to what I was saying about him being very, very afraid. He's way too afraid to let, to, to try to take the game to Germany because he's yeah. a defense first style manager, which means he doesn't know what to do with offensive talent. That's why Joao Felix isn't in the squad, right? That's why he's he hasn't like, touched the pitch. He's like, what do I do with Joao Felix? I don't know what to do with him because he doesn't fit my system. This is a defensive first manager who was able to win the Euro with us with a far, far weaker squad. But that squad could only play the style that we're playing now. This squad needs to be relishing possession and attacking. And Germany played with their best and only defensive midfielder at right wing back. That was Kimmich. (laughs) Tony Cruz and Ilkay Gundogan are not good defenders. No, they're not. If Portugal and Portugal couldn't play through the high press because they were so deep, they could, and they had no energy or pace anywhere on the pitch. That's why Renato is so important because at least he's going to match the German front three who's pressing with all hell. They're so energetic. He's going to be able to match their pace and cause them problems. So let's let's say this game doesn't happen. Hypothetically, we go with Nathan's system. Okay, We go with Danilo or Carvalho. Fine. You want a six? Fine. Whatever. You can have a six. Play Renato. Play Bruno because Bruno is so isolated. Right, That's the so whole idea. When, so, when you're playing yeah. with two sixes, your 10 should be linking up everything. Can't get near the ball because we don't have possession. We're only playing on the counter. Well, yeah. you don't need a 10 to play on the completely, counter. You just need to freaking move the ball up. Yeah. Right? So Renato Sanchez ends up coming on at halftime. For who? Bernardo Silva. Yeah. The guy we're that losing. The the we're assist. losing. The chance. Like, we're losing. Now's not the time to take off Bernardo. It's a time to take off a six because we're losing. Do you want to lose the game? No. So he, he just totally conceded. I would have played probably Danilo. I really he played terribly, but I I like him slightly more than Fernando Santos. So I would have played. Or excuse Carvalho. me, than than Carvalho. Excuse me. Yeah. Played Danilo. Played even Moutinho or Renato there. Probably Renato because I love Renato has been freaking Portugal's best player by far. Um, I mean, and if then, you want to play then, a ball playing number six, you've you've got Ruben Neves on the on, on the bench. Yeah, exactly. And even I mean, and he's not a great tackler, so I get like you're gonna put like a a predominant physical six. That's yeah. fine. Don't play with two. Change the tactics up. And he doesn't see it. So, and then you can play. Even, okay, Bruno hasn't been great. Play Felix. Play Felix. I can't. Why not? Like, in possession, Felix will be outstanding. Yeah. There are so many issues. And and this is what made me so mad, was that, like, I don't want to take away from Germany's performance. Because Germany did, were just ruthless with what they were given. And what they, they were, were given was, was a, a, give, a gimme game. Yeah. It was just a gimme. It was like, oh, this isn't hard at all. Because two of those goals were own goals. But they were own yeah. goals because of the pressure that they were putting on Portugal. Portugal never put the pressure on them. And if they did, if Portugal were the team holding possession and played 4-3-3, for instance, with 
Danilo, Ruben Neves, and and um, the movement would have been too good. And and Renato Sanchez, we would have run through their midfield because the they only too good. Tony Cruz and Okai Gundogan would not have been able to keep up with that at all. And then no, their wing backs would have been Casemiro in effect. Casemiro and Fernandinho. They were long Casemiro Fernandinho on club level. And the fact that your or Rodri, you know, the three sitting behind Ronaldo are so interchangeable that they can play across that three anywhere. It, the They're so versatile. Yeah. yeah. Oh, completely murdered them, right? The even, you know, playing Ronaldo up to Ronaldo is fantastic. Ronaldo had played a great game too, to be fair to him. It's not his fault, right? That's not his fault. He's completely isolated. It's the way that Fernando Santos is playing, where he's trying to play like Villarreal did in the cup final, where he's like, we can counter, we can play on the counter and defend our lead. No, you can't. You can't do that against teams like that because you're just inviting way too much pressure. It's, it's what City play against every week. And nine times out of 10, City break through because it doesn't matter how good you yeah. are in your system. It's the constant relentless pressure is something that you can't deal with. And this is the, the most frustrating part. The teams that do that are teams that can't match City for quality. Portugal has one of the three or five, be- like top three, top five best squads at the tournament. On paper, Incredibly they're deep. as good as Incredibly any team deep. there. Yeah. Incredibly deep, especially and offensively. That's, that's why they've been favorites. Well, one of the favorites for the tournament, right? It's Everyone looked at that squad. But it, it went like, completely away. One yeah. game. No no one considers them favorites anymore. Similar and I understand that. else we're going to talk about. In, right, in, similar to in, England, yeah. and we'll get to them. But I think what people need to understand, and even us, even you and I, because we're, we're guilty of this too, everybody is, looking at the squad and what the squad should be versus how international managers are able to to play their squads because international managers are not for the most part are not first tier top tier managers very very rarely are they no it's a part-time job so why would a top manager want that right so portugal squad on paper is great is great and with a better manager they could do far better but it they're only as good as the manager will allow them to be and the manager is only going to allow them to be this good and if they go out and play the same style against france they're going to lose they're going to lose, and then they're going to be in third place with three points and hope that that's going to be enough. But given the scoreline, yeah. they got thrashed 4-2. I don't know. Is that good enough to make it you to the next round? I don't know for sure it. that it is. No, you can't rely on it. You already have Switzerland on four points. I'm just looking at my screen here. Um, Finland's on a negative two goal difference, and they're on three points. So, you know, you're three, three better than Finland, but the rest haven't played. I mean, Ukraine has, but... The rest haven't played all three games. So you're just going to have to wait and see. And Portugal shouldn't be the one relying on that. Because if anything, pre- people probably predicted France to top the group, Portugal yep. to finish second, and then Germany to finish third and be good enough to finish, you know, progress yeah, yeah, just based on, the, on that rule. And now he's played himself in a position where it's it's a little bit reversed because not only did you lose to the, to the people you were supposed to finish ahead, you did it with a, you know, hampering your scoreline a bit because you did really well to finish the game 3-0 against Hungary in the last five minutes of the game. But that shouldn't have happened, right? So, No, and, and what happens here? Like, let's say, for instance, France and Portugal draw and Germany beat Hungary because I think we're expecting Germany to beat Germany Hungary despite the, group, yeah. the valiant effort that Hungary put forth uh, yeah. against, uh, against France was, was quite admirable. And I'll be hoping they put in a similar performance against Germany. It's like the, it was in your hands and you lost it now. And I don't want to get too caught up on this for too long because, yeah. but, but those are pretty much like my, my thoughts about the matter because people like, it's not Ruben Diaz's fault. It's not Pepe's fault. It's the manager's fault for they were telling them to play in this system. They, yeah, they couldn't they do anything because they weren't no. allowed to do anything. And, and credit to Germany. Cause like I said, Germany were able to do 
they were just able to play their game. And if you're going to play ruthless. Germany's just game, ruthless. right, if you're going to play Germany at their and let them play their game, you're not even going to discomfort them momentarily. Okay, yeah, sure. We scored the two goals that they scored, that Portugal scored were good goals, right? Yeah. Good goals. Off the set piece where Germany just kind of fell asleep, that's 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 deserved to, to score because good for Portugal for staying on. And then the first goal is a picture-perfect counter, right? And that's the frustrating thing is that you see these sparks of what this Portugal team is capable of doing, and it's just like, come on, man. You need, you need to wake up and realize this. Like, you're seeing two perfect examples of what you can do with this team, and, and, you're, try, and you're not. Yeah. The, the, I, moment, the moment both of those games... Um, the moment where the, where they change is when you brought on Renato Sanchez. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. on for the first goal against Germany, but you saw what happened when you brought him on against Hungary. Just Absolutely. The ability to Even against Germany. Defense. Even against yeah. Germany, man. As soon as he came on, like, it's a different game. And yeah, you know, they didn't do... It's not that they did better, but it's the tactics that need to change and the personnel. Because Absolutely. if you're playing with two DM... I can already tell you, if they're going to play... Like, 100% confirmed, and let me jinx this if I'm wrong, that'll work out better for me. Fernando Santos is going to line up with two six again, and they're going to lose. And that's just like, and course, that's what's going to happen. Of, but think of how thing, like, easily it is to outplay those two players. You have to yeah. put Renato in there so that he can at least try to match Conte for energy. Because, geez, what are you going to do? Yeah, but even France if you are going to play with two sixes, haven't been super impressive either. Like, if you're going to play a four two three one, you want the energetic, basically box to box midfielder as one of those two sixes, and then just mm-hmm. play a ball playing one like a Ruben Neves or something, because you're going to have to be technical against. Against France, you're gonna to have to yep. because you know who's and on both the those guys can tackle too. I agree. I agree 100. percent And then yeah. if it's Bruno, if it's Felix, I don't know if Felix is fully recovered from from injury. Also, Cancelo's a big loss for the Portugal squad because you just yeah, see Samedo's like is. not good. It like he's just is. he's not very good. Um, Bernardo, I have zero issues with. He played the perfect ball for that counter. It was absolutely spot on. Jota, bad first game, excellent second game. I had no pro- again. I, I can't fault a lot of the players for the Germany loss because it's it really wasn't their fault. It was just the setup. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you invite, you let Germany have all the possession. Don't threaten them at all, except for on the counter. All they have to do is keep possession and beat the crap out of you. They're going to, and they did. And, uh, and so that's what happened there. My prediction is that I, if I had to, to lock one in, honestly, it's too hard for me to predict this because like bias is clouding my judgment. There's no scenario that I say Portugal are going to not advance from this group. I think they still can. Um, but I'm giving the listeners, I'm giving Fernando Santos, I'm giving anybody who would listen, this is how it is going to work if you want to go through. And if you don't do it, it's not going to work. And that is still hoping that France don't find their form because they haven't been in great form. Yeah. If they find it against Portugal, that's it, bro. It's can a wrap. We, can we talk about Karim Benzema? Yeah, a little bit. What yeah. A, I don't know. I don't know if it's... I mean, he's, he's only played like, I don't know, like 120 minutes of, of football with them, so... Yeah, I yeah, really I feel that's what that, I was but, saying, right? That's what I was kind of getting at with Benzema. We'll, we'll transition to France a little bit here. The, why have France not looked super settled? Yeah, they're reigning defending World Cup champions, but it's a whole new system. It is. It's a whole new system for them, where now they're yeah. trying to play with Griezmann and Benzema tend to occupy similar spaces, and there's the fact that Benzema, as great as he has been for Real Madrid, hasn't played with this team in years, like years. Yeah. So of course it's going to take him some time to come back to form, right? I think part of it is that maybe France need a proper like number 10. I think that would mm-hmm. help them a lot too if they played. But that's just assuming because they need people to, to break them down. But the fact is against Germany, they sat back at two. 
And then against Hungary, they really struggled to break them down because it just looked like they did. And they had their chances. They had their chances. But Hungary played very well and, and fought valiantly. And it looked like if France had like a proper like 10 in there that they could have broken the squad down a little bit more. But if- See, my issue with that game is that Hungary was trying to be too narrow and compact and they tried to play a, a midfield four against them, which right. meant, you know, the likes of Pogba and Griezmann had to go out wide to just find something, just get, mm-hmm. get a little bit of space. Um, so they tried to play a little bit through them too much. And maybe if they just switched to a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-3-3 in the middle of the game, maybe that would have helped. But yeah, you know, like just try something. Like yeah. France's workhorsey midfield, and I get they have to do that to get the most out of Pogba. But if Pogba's being smothered, it's just a workhorsey midfield. And then it really yeah. doesn't offer a whole lot to connect, you know, offensive defense. That's right? true. And I think that's probably like the only solace that Portugal can take from this is that France haven't been firing on all cylinders yet either. Yeah. But Mbappe's up next, bro. And that's not uh, that's not something I especially look forward to having to play against. Mbappe um, and N'Golo Kante. Would you trust that, like, if you're like, examining it now and you're more neutral than I am for this, how would you, how do you think this group ends up playing out? Do you think Germany are going to be frustrated it. by Hungary? Or do you think they're no, I think Germany job? tops it. And I think uh, France and Portugal, I don't know. I, I kind of see a draw, to be honest. Mm. I don't know why. I have it's no idea why. Portugal should be one of the four best, so hopefully. But... I, I think so, yeah. Oh, man. You know what? I shouldn't be that upset over that because at, there was a time last Euros where they were and they didn't win a game until the semifinals in regulation. And you know what? It worked out. And they winning, yeah. It's a very different, it's a very different, like history, if history repeats itself, it's often not because of the exact same incident that happened. Yeah. <laughs> it just, the outcome ends up being the same. So I don't know about all that, but... Um, I don't think I think after seeing that Germany game, we see, we can't really consider Portugal as being favorites unless we see drastic tactical differences. And if we don't see them, then there's really no point in, in considering them be as the one luck of the favorites. Of, the luck on the day. Yeah. Uh, so let's get out of the group of death here and transition to some other groups. And maybe we can just follow the stories. Now? Maybe we don't have to go in order of the actual groups, and we'll just follow the stories here. Um, let's go to to Italy, and then we'll go to England. Let's go to Italy. All right. Perfect. I want to go to the Amalfi Coast, bro. Italy, Mate, we kind of touched on this. We kind of touched on this a little bit on the Friday recap. Um, but now we've seen the group play everything. Turkey finished bottom and were <laughs> pathetic. Yeah. Italy were sensational, quite frankly. Only only scoring one goal, by the way, Turkey. Turkey, yeah. Italy, Italy have been fantastic. And I don't love yeah. to to give credit to Italy. Like, well, I mean, Portrop in me in international competition doesn't want to give praise to them, but they have a fantastic midfield and that's what's winning them games, right? Their, their midfield is outstanding and Absolutely. they're finding a way to get the job done. Um, no goals conceded, three games played, no goals conceded in the last 11 games. It's crazy. They, they haven't lost in their last 30 games. Mancini's a proper baller, really turned the squad around. It Apparently, Italy are going to play Austria in the round of 16. That's yeah. already locked in. Um, so I think Italy are going to go to the quarterfinal, but I still, I'm still, this is not a slight on Italy because going into this, I would have thought this group was like a little bit more competitive than it played out to be. I think Switzerland, Wales, and Turkey ended up being a little bit, well, Wales have been actually okay, but Turkey and Switzerland ended up being way less competitive than I thought they'd be. And so I still don't know how much Italy are comfortable being tested. And, I'm, and well, it might sound like I'm slandering and I'm, I'm not trying to because I'm not because like I just did my whole slander of Portugal. So you can know that this is coming from a place of integrity, <laughs> not a place of trolling. 
I seriously wonder when they're matched up with somebody as good as them on paper and on the field, what happens then? Like, are they which, still able to take games? Which actually brings me to my question. Yeah. Uh, quarterfinals, we know they'll have to play Belgium if Belgium goes through from their round of 16. Mm. So if both of those teams win the round of 16 games, what do you see happening? Well, well we can kind of cross that bridge when we get there a little bit because I want yeah. to talk about... Because uh, we have to, we have so to, get, we have we'll, to get that we'll far. Wait, we have to get yeah, that far. We'll wait till right? July 2nd to, to answer that question. But yeah, it's kind of like... Belgium's attacking power versus Italy's defense and, and powerful midfield. Well, I actually think Italy's so defense like, isn't that great. Like, I think they could be carved open, to be honest. I just think it's their midfield that's taking charge of games. And I yeah, think and when you're coming up against Tillemans and Kevin De Bruyne, you're kind of matched a little bit. And there. Axel Witzel. So I don't know if, if yeah. Belgium's 3 4 2 1 will actually be that great to play against against um, Italy. I think Italy like would really, really take advantage of a two man midfield. Mm hmm. So what happens? Do do Belgium make make modifications? They might, but again, we can talk about. Let's talk about that yeah, we'll when see. we get there. It looks like that will be the fixture to look out for come uh, come the later rounds, come the quarterfinals. Yeah. But for now, I just want to stay on Italy and say, like, can you give me a little bit of praise about about their midfielders? Like, let's just talk about them for I mean, a second because Locatelli is being linked to everyone in the world right now. <laughs> everybody, dude. Like, it's been they have kind of a perfect little midfield trio that's doing yeah. exactly what they'd want it to do, right? Where Locatelli is being his, like box, he's exploring a little bit more of a box-to-box style, bro. He's like, dude, what's up? I'll score goals. I'll dictate pace. I'll do whatever the yeah. hell you want. Jorginho was excellent at the base of the diamond until Verratti came back and reminded us, oh, that's what like oh, yeah. Robert, that's what yeah that's what i see he's does. so okay. good at that gotcha. he's almost better than anybody <laughs> at that like at holding the the pivot of a of a midfield base but not being that defensive and he's great he's a great little yeah. little player but like he's not the destroyer six you know and then barella just doing everything that he does for inter just mopping up everything else it's a perfect midfield trio and i think they have to be matched in midfield or, or just where another team is just so good offensively that they could just bump so them, them and midfield. not let the, yeah not let their midfielders get involved. Yeah. Maybe that'll be Belgium. Who I I don't see it being Austria to be quite honest. No, I don't think so either. I, and so I, I think I, I think Austria poses a threat to um, some teams that find it difficult to break teams open. But I actually think that Austria will go out and looking for a fight. I don't think they'll sit back. Yeah, I mean, they have very little to lose, right? Like, at this point, that's yeah. kind of what makes it so exciting is that when you're the underdog in a fixture and you're you're facing a heavy favorite, play your heart out, man. Might as well. Because otherwise, why well. not? You're not, like, you're, no one's expecting you to go through anyway. If you just sit back and try to counter, it's very unlikely that you're going to be able to do it, right? Because you trust that the quality team will advance. Yeah. That's actually a good shout. If Austria decide, hey, man, we're, let's give them something they're not expecting and just try to sprint at them and, and get ahead <laughs> early on I, I could I don't know I, I want to see Italy tested because Italy have been and it's part of their it's part of their quality that they're so much better than everybody that they haven't been tested yet they haven't been tested yet but I want to see what happens when they face that opposition are they so good that they're not going to be tested until very very late on and if that's the case is their resolve good enough that they can come back from being in uncomfortable positions those that's I I, I so all these all these questions are right. a little bit unanswered at the moment. So you have yeah. to you have to wait and see. You have to wonder. But again, I'm not I, like, and their jerseys are stunning, dude. Oh my god! Oh, I so I nice. Can't, so like, nice. I can't put an Italy jersey on this wall, and I won't. But those are some nice kits, man. Yeah. Those are some very very nice kits. Nine points, you know, three games from three is not bad at all. Um, no, it's we can talk a little bit perfect. about the rest of the group. Can you tell me a little three bit about Wales? Played. 
Because you... Wales actually did better than uh, than people thought. I actually put them third. I um, had them fourth. They did way yeah. better than I thought. Yeah, they. Um, I mean, good. Well, for them, part right? of it they, is they how bad Turkey were, points. right? <laughs> like, exactly. Turkey yeah, were terrible. We, I think we both expected Turkey to to finish second, and and we kind of expected them to be a lot more competitive than we than they actually ended up being. Yeah. But good for Wales, man. Like they, it doesn't really none of, not a lot of the names jump up from the page. Like even Gareth Bale now doesn't really doesn't really excite people anymore. But honestly, when they played Turkey and and Bale just literally slid through all of them, yeah, it was insane. It was it was actually it showed everyone the reason why Turkey aren't gonna make it in this competition, and it's because Wales were just able to carve them open. And it's not like Wales have mm. done anything that's special. Yeah. It's just they they were the best of the rest. They took their chances more than Switzerland or Turkey did. So let's talk about Turkey for a second. We, again, we got into this a little bit on our Friday YouTube segment. Go watch that if you haven't yet. Um, but Turkey, I want to ask, like, were they worse offensively or defensively? It's kind of like an interesting has, thing to think about yeah. because they can see be defensively eight, for me, but they only scored one. I think I'm with you, but I think we have to have this discussion a little bit because we kind of looked at Turkey as being like on paper defensively was one of their strongest attributes. We're like, Oh man, yeah. if they shut teams out and go out and get a couple of goals. We're not expecting a whole lot from their offense, but one goal, but conceding eight, like it's pretty, yeah. they did, they it's not even awful. just conceding eight. It's the way they, again, I go back to that Wales goal because genuinely everything was wrong. Nothing could mm. have gone more wrong than that goal. And if <laughs> yeah. you haven't seen it, Gareth Bale just literally walks to the to basically where the post is, passes it in, and then Wales score. Because the def- first of all, the defender was the wrong side of the goal of him, right? You're mm. always between the attacker and the goal, yep. and then you're always uh, you're either backing off of him if you know that pace is an issue, or you're close to him if you know that you know I'm just going to put him on the wrong on his least favorite foot, and you yep. get close to him because you want to close that angle or make a pass, which is what he ended up doing. But you not only were you on the wrong side of him, you didn't get close to him. So he was able yeah. to pick out the perfect pass. He had all the time he needed. And right. our expectations going into this was that Turkey was going to be solid defensively. And to concede eight goals from that, that just yeah. really, in a group really that didn't have that wasn't like renowned for its firepower. That's no. the other thing, right? It's exactly. not like they conceded eight against like and, and and again, not a knock on Italy. Italy probably we expected them to to lose to, but probably a little bit more competitively than they did. But then for Wales and and Switzerland as well to just take it to them, you're like, oh man, come on, Turkey, yeah. do better. We expected you to be dark horses. Wasn't come great. on. Uh, let's move on to England, and then we can do because we're just going to go in random order. Who cares? Just in terms of what we want to talk about. <laughs> uh, let's talk about England because we were talking a little bit earlier about, and I had to cool off a little. That's why we had to the go two, to Italy. The two DMs. So we could just yeah. So now we'll come back. We'll revisit this discussion now in a different nation. I think that. When you are a squad that we can look at, like how would you play this in FIFA? What would the, like the idealistic version of this team look like? We all had an idea of how England would look like and how they would play. Yeah. But again, what people don't tend to factor in is what does the manager do, right? How much does the manager have to do with how the team plays? Gareth Southgate is the reason that England are not firing on Broad. all cylinders right now. Broad. Yeah, and, and and I want you. I want to give you the floor a little bit here because I ranted a lot during Portugal. I want <laughs> you to talk to me a little bit about England, and then I'll kind of chime in as well. It, well, England have their defensive problems, and obviously, when your best d- defender is is injured and you don't want to risk him in the games, you're you're going to have issues. And we can talk about why Fakaya Tomori didn't go to the tournament ahead of Tyrone Mings. But to be fair to him, Mings hasn't played that badly in the tournament. 
He's done all right because yeah, everything that's a they've very seen good so point. far. It's not Mings's fault that they're under. No, it isn't. Everything they've seen so far is perfect for him. It's just putting in crosses and he'll clear that every day of the week. Mm-hmm. The decision to play Kieran Trippier in the first game at left back, it worked out because, you know, they actually won against Croatia. So he gets a little bit of a pass with that. But if that didn't work out, you're a little bit under the chopping block here. Yeah, but now, it masquerades other see, issues that they want. Exactly. Like, okay. And they played two, two CDMs against Croatia and everyone went, okay, it's the most difficult game in the group. Croatia have a formidable midfield. Let's strengthen up the middle of the park and then try to hit them on the counter attack. Started mm-hmm. with Sterling and Foden as in, in the front three. Foden, no problems with that. Sterling, I think everyone's asking questions about that. But again, Man. first game worked out. He scored. All's good. Calvin Phillips was pushing forward from CDM and it was great. Coming to the second game against Scotland, which is the weakest team in the group. And he does the exact same thing. Play two DMs again. I plays know. two DMs and then plays Sterling, who we all know can't do anything against a back three at all. We can't do anything, then, period. Well, yeah, for sure. And can't then do proceeds to play Kane and Foden. Again, have to start for sure. But the fact that Jadon Sancho hasn't seen Gross yet and you're bringing on a tired a tired Marcus Rashford ahead of a, a fresh Jack Grealish. And not to mention, that's not that what the problems that they were facing were not ones that Rashford can solve because that's not the exactly. type of player that he is. He if Jamie Sancho can't see minutes against the weakest team in the group at home in the last in the last 10 minutes when they're not winning, it's like obviously this dude, and we talked about this, right? Or we talked about it on our, on Instagram where he said something to the extent of he's not a Champions League level player. He doesn't have that experience. Yeah. You know who else isn't? (laughs) Well, my dad has a quote about this, okay? My dad says, it's a quote that he's been telling me for a very, very long time, okay? He says, "Uh, a stupid man can appear smart if he doesn't say too much, Uh, okay? But a smart man can appear very stupid if he says too much, okay? Yes. So, Gareth Southgate Southgate is is the stupid man, is is appearing very stupid because of what he's saying. You don't say, James, why is he linked for 100 mil then to United? Why do they want him to go solve all their problems? To To everybody. To the highest bidder. Why is he only outdone in terms of total goal contributions this year by Messi? Right? Like, why is he sitting teams down in the Champions League? Why is he linking up so perfectly with Erling Haaland? He is that guy, actually, Gareth Southgate. That's kind of the thing. And by saying that that he isn't, you're losing your own credibility. You're saying, I, I yeah, actually, I don't watch, I don't watch Bundesliga. Yeah. I just, I knew I'd get a lot of backlash if I didn't take. By it. the way, Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice both don't have European experience, and the 17-year-old that's yeah. sitting on the bench does. Okay, big yeah. games against Man City so far that Pep Guardiola is like, no, this kid like, he's not 17. Oh, you mean you <laughs> so mean you're going off? You mean Jude yeah, Bellingham? Exactly. Yeah, Jude Bellingham who played Man City off the park in the Champions League. You know, in four years he can still be playing for the Utah Odds, right? Ah, uh, if, you, if you're playing TJW Bingo, that's that's that one right there. That'll be on there forever. Make it that text. <laughs> Jude Bellingham, I like, and I would have idealistic eleven play Calvin Phillips or Reese James, one of the two. Even yeah, dude, one of the two. There's oh. a system. Get this. How's this for a hot take? England go all out in your last game. Go go big or go home. Calvin Phillips mm-hmm. is used to playing in a 4-1-4-1 and just holding on the fort while murder ball takes, takes place in front of him. Play him at the base. Play. Ready? From, from, uh, from left to right. Before you say Mason Mount, you can't say Mason Mount. From left to right. No, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. Okay. And it does have Mason Mount. Foden. Oh, you can't. Okay. Grealish. Mount. 
Sancho, then Kane up top. Dude, that's what? it. If you if you or a team can deal with that much firepower, then you deserve to go through. You deserve it because Mount not, wow. my, Mount not What's wrong with Mount? able to play. Because him and Chilwell are isolated. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, so always. Whenever we say this, negative, it's injuries. Then, yeah. It's injuries permitting. Yeah, injuries yeah, permitting. If they test if negative, not, then it's great. If not, dude, then it. Okay, I guess Jack Relish walks oh, in. Oh my team, god! Then. I just thought of another thing. By the oh. way, Luke Shaw. I've been. Okay, I said he was terrible defensively until around January, February, and that's when he yeah. started being good defensively. But yeah. I've said that he's been he's improved attacking wise in for for Man United. Mm-hmm. Had didn't cross the the, the halfway line at all. So you know it's instruction because he can do it. His instruction yeah. was to not attack. And why is that? Right. You're playing against a back three of Scotland who aren't even 10 yards away from the halfway line. They're so far into their own half yeah. that it's not going to... that You can pin them back. So why did you play Luke Shaw and Reese James if you didn't want to push them forward? If Mount can't play, play Bellingham. And then it's yeah, just like, you know totally. what, man? Just go FIFA about it. I don't care. It's a hell of balance. Why? What yeah. for? If you're not going to do if you're going to play your defensive system, who, who do they have to play? The Czech Republic? Come on. You yeah. can overwhelm the Czech Republic. And the Czech Republic have earned quite a bit of respect here. Where they, they're top of their group right now. Patrick Schick looks like he's going to earn his big move to West Ham because that's where all the Czech players play. Um, <laughs> but for now, this is how I think England should should be approaching this. And we all think it because we all want to see all these players play together. Now, this is kind of counter to what I said on last week's episode where I was talking with Joe about Jack Grealish coming to City, right? There comes a point where you tip the scales, where it's too much in it's one direction, yeah. and then you lose it, like especially out of possession. Then you then you run the risk of getting of getting hurt on the counter. I'm not worried about this problem. I'm right. I'm wholeheartedly convinced that. Calvin Phillips playing murder ball knows how to hold down the fort. And these f- front five of literally, and let's say it's Mount, let's say it's volume, whomever, whomever, by the way, with an M. Correct. Grealish playing as, as a left attacking mid, Foden on the left, Sancho on the, and all of them. They can switch however they want. Let them all free roam because they all play free all those all. positions anyway. Yeah, just Dude, bombard them. There's no way. You are, if you are a team without formidable midfield and opposition, and Czech Republic don't necessarily have that, you're gonna get run through, and no. if I'm like, on the opposing not? team, just do it. If I'm on the opposing team, I'm faking a hamstring injury. Take me off I, right now. I bet I'm, you. I'm, I'm not getting embarrassed. I have children. I need to put if, food on the table. Even if, even if, <laughs> even if um, Southgate loses, even if England don't make it out of the group stage, if he goes out playing like that, he's keeping his job. I don't care. You heard it here first. The England fans want to see uh, this squad play, and if they, if it you doesn't, know what? you know, because he'll say, "I gave you what you wanted." I gave yeah. you what you wanted. It didn't work out. That's your, that's, is that on me? I gave you what you wanted to see. It Absolutely didn't happen. It didn't work. Him. He's someone, listening to the people. Was saying, He's listening was saying, to the people. Jaden Sancho must have burnt a ton of waistcoats in front of, <laughs> in front of Southgate to not see the pitch. Dude, I, I still can't believe he's not playing. And, and so I guess this relates back to kind of what we were talking about Portugal with playing a conservative style when you're a team that, Needs to yeah. just let loose a little bit, man. Like, let these players roam. Think of the attacking lineup. Think of the four-one-four-one that I just listed. Absolutely. You're telling me it's that team can't score. Like, let them. Let's just let them try. Do it for the last twenty minutes. Yeah. Why? Because not just to mention, it. Harry Kane has been deprived of perfect of a ball on his foot. Let's talk about Harry Kane. Harry Kane likes to is playing center back. Harry Kane. This was a very funny tweet saying Harry Kane out here claiming clean sheets now because he can't get anywhere near the ball. <laughs> that was hilarious. It's so funny, but it's true. He keeps dropping off deeper and deeper and deeper. And then you're like, and he's trying to, you know what he's doing? He's trying to show Pep, 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 look, 
Look how yeah, far look. I can play. Look, I can be in build-up play. Look, 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 look at me, look at me. And I think he has to be pushed up further up the pitch, but I think part of it is, is you have to take out Sterling. And I am I don't like Sterling slander a whole lot because Sterling is like so unfairly criticized in the media for a lot of stuff that it seems like we're just bashing on him. But it's like, no, this is purely based on, on merit. merit. From a footy standpoint here, your movement is 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 exceptional. You you see him on the libero cams afterwards, and you watch like the way that he runs and the way he takes players. It's fantastic. Look at that industry lingo. What liberos? Is yeah. that not a comment? Did I? No, it Libero. isn't. Come on, you know oh, it I'm isn't. sorry. You show up. It's very familiar <laughs> to me. I'm sorry. No, I've I've heard this word like every day for the last like six years. Liberos are people who watch the highlight shows or any sort of analysis. will see like the little like red circle that's on a player with the little like dotted arrows that yeah. follow. You guys will remember Gerard who I had on the, he does that. Gerard on the podcast, he, he does Shout that. Out. Shout, Shout out, out Gerard. Gerard. That's what they do, okay? So you watch his movement on something like that where you can actually see from in in certain build-up plays and clips like what he's actually doing off the ball. It's very, very good, and I'll give him that. But if end product-wise, every time anybody's playing against him, they just know, okay, force him onto his left or don't put in a tackle because he's just anticipating a tackle. He's not going to yeah. do anything. He's just going to wait for the tackle. And then provided you don't touch him, he's going to get booked for simulation. And that's what happened against Scotland too. He's like, yep, wait for contact, wait for contact. Uh, Mate, um, honestly, I think Scott McTominay was watching Arwan Bissaka highlights all night long. <laughs> he was on the phone with him. He's like, what do you do with this guy? He's like, mate, just show him on his left, tackle when he doesn't, when he touches the ball. That's yeah, it. Yeah, just don't let him, don't let him have any time or space on the ball. Yeah. And it seems like Sterling is falling into that trap where it's like, you just, you can't really trust him with that anymore. And I think he just, dude, put him on the bench then. Like, you have so I many options. Think if Luke Shaw provided an overlap, if he was allowed to provide an overlap, we would have seen a different story with Sun, with, with Sterling because he can cut inside and then put a cross on for, for Harry Kane. Or he can oh, lay the ball off for so. Luke Shaw to put the ball in for Harry Kane or whoever's in the box. Let me but tell you, he's got hella overlap that, at Man City, and it's, it doesn't help. <laughs> There's really but, just some But he doesn't really play with a, with a starting left back at Man City again. And that's, that's, that's the same issue. Or, or a bona fide number nine. But exactly. this is a lot. Hold on. But this is the other thing. And I, I agree with you. But this is, you're asking for a lot here to get the most out of Sterling. Like, you wouldn't be asking, well, this is what you need to get the most out of Jack Grealish or or, or uh, Gene Sancho. It's like, no, just put them on the field. Like, they'll, yeah. they'll figure it out put and get the, the job done. Whereas Sterling is like, well, yeah, if you want him at his best, you really need him to be playing with Kane, like, staying in a nine spot and an overlapping run and a midfielder who's, like, going to second string him so he can just occupy this very little triangle. That's where he's at his best. Yeah. Like, okay, that seems like a lot of work. What if I just give uh, Jack Grealish the ball? Oh, yeah, he'll win you fouls constantly. He'll win free kicks. Uh, he'll, he'll provide chances regardless of where he is on the pitch. Um, don't ask him to tell you what an encyclopedia is because he has no idea. No, but he doesn't. That's in hilarious. terms of being a footballer, he knows exactly <laughs> what he's doing. Dude, and and you save all this money on shin guards because he doesn't wear them anyway. Yeah. No need for socks, <laughs> no need for shin guards. He just plays, man. I, th- I count so many pros here. I, I don't understand how Sterling can put performances like that and not get taken off. It's kind of like in, in It's because he has an MBE. He has an MBE. Well, I mean, he's okay. a member but, of the British so does, Empire, bro. So does... Harry Kane and Marcus Rashford. I mean, yeah, they, they're the ones that play it. Oh, and all Jane and Sancho has to do to see the pitch is get an MBE. Get an and MBE. you know, Jack Grealish, and, there's and no the way he's races. getting an MBE. He can't even spell MBE. Does he? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, doesn't know what it stands for. Can't spell can't MBE. Spell can't spell MBE. <laughs> do you mean like, he probably thinks it's one word. Has to look it up in encyclopedia, but he doesn't know what an encyclopedia is. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, MB. I can't. I don't know what that is. <laughs> what's an You're MB? Funny, dude. Yeah, what's an Thanks. Mm, this what's is top mm. quality content here. This is very, very good. It's an MB. very funny. Five star <laughs> episode, guys. Rate and review. <laughs> anyway, any final thoughts on England before we move on? I guess. Well, I guess I'll ask you this. Um, they're currently sitting second. They face Czech Republic for top spot on the last day. There's a good chance that they draw and then they finish second in the group, which actually might work to their advantage because they would because first place has to yeah, play yeah. the the second place of the group of death, which yeah. looks like it'll be France or Portugal. Would, they would play second of Group E, which would be either Sweden, Slovakia, Spain, or Poland, because any one of them can still finish second. No, no, the first place team in Group D plays the second place team of Group F. Yeah, but if England yeah. finishes second, right, right, then right. they play the second team from Group E, which is oh. Sweden, Slovakia, Spain, or Poland. Yeah, okay, and that's a good segue to our next one. So I guess I'll ask you, and then we'll move on to that. Uh, where do you think England finish? Do you think they just play for a draw so that they can get that game? Because that's actually not they that can't, bad. Of a because strategy. if they play for a draw, they're going to lose. They can't do that. So they have to try their best to win. That way, they can draw. <laughs> yeah, and, and then they'll at least try. It'll work out for them. Because yeah. listen, he'll play. I highly doubt that he'll take off one of the one of the CDMs. I remember, think he'll just. Do you yeah. remember the scene in The Incredibles where, uh, where Dash is is running and they're like, and he starts spreading, he's just blown yeah. by everybody, and they're like, no, 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 just your coffee, and they're they're yelling from the make it yeah. close, make it close, make go it for closer. a second, <laughs> go for a second, and then he just yeah, and he finishes second. That's that's England right now. We're like, totally. make it close, go for a but second, go for a second, don't win. <laughs> Southgate is a coward. Do you think he folds and actually plays one CDM instead of two? No. No, no, of course not. He's too hard He folded at... and took Jack Grealish on him with the plane. Well, and Jane Sancho, with but I think it's just plane. for media. Yeah. It's just for, for, for the media. But that's the thing. It. He's a coward. All the media is saying that you're a coward for playing two CDMs. It's not like... No, Fernando but they're also Santos. saying you're a coward for not playing Jack Grealish and Jane Sancho. So he's not just going to go, yeah, we'll so watch this play, then. So he's <laughs> going to play two CDMs and Jack Grealish then. If Mount can't play, and, probably and get this Sterling instead of Phil. Foden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, he'll move. He'll move uh, Sterling into Cam, and then so he'll the just right, put yeah. on Rashford and no. Sterling. It's like it's not what you need. Go to your bench, <laughs> you dummy. Let Jude Bellingham play. You know what? No, you know I what he tells himself. You know what, what? You know what Southgate tells himself. He's like, well, I mean, in four years he can still be playing for the U twenty one. So how good could he be? <laughs> <laughs> you got a double one. Yeah. No, yeah, I think honestly. Czech Republic will pose a big threat to England. They will because they're not going to care. Look at how they play. There's a good. Well, they're already through. Czech they're Republic already through, make, yeah. right? So exactly. So yeah, I think yeah, it's go for it, man. It's it's very possible that England finish second. All right, all right, and we'll move on with that. Uh, who they will play? They will play the winner of Group E or the second. The second winner, of the second e. place in Group. Okay, second. so that'll either be Sweden, Slovakia, this, I, Spain, yeah. or Poland. The story here. Has to be. And you know what? When we did our initial predictions, I think people thought that Poland would be better. And that's because yeah. Poland have the best player in this group. I, I kind of think you and I were very right about this, where we kind of like nailed it. Like, no, Sweden are very good. Like, Sweden are a better team than Poland are. Poland just have a better player. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be able to, to use him effectively. Mm -hmm. Right. And Sweden have been, bro, I think the breakout player of this, like the story, if we're talking about a striker, it's sure as hell hasn't been about Say his name. Lewandowski. It's been about Alex Isak, the yes. baller, the new, the coming of the, the new baller king. from Sociedad. The Let's replacement go. for Erling Holland because Dortmund have a buyback clause. <laughs> They're just going to take him right back. Uh, yeah, he's a, he's nasty. But I don't want to talk about, 
I don't want to spend too much time on the Sweden, Sweden and Poland of it all, because really what we have to look at is that Spain are so underwhelming. Like two games, two draws, two goals, or one goal scored. Like it's pathetic, man. Morata can't score for his life. He can't. Who had the worst miss? Griezmann when he was offside in that goal against in that game against Hungary, where he literally mm. had the rebound come right to him from six question. out, or Morata's follow up to the penalty. I think it has to be the follow-up to the penalty. But, I mean, wait. He wasn't expecting that. So, we caught him off guard a little bit. Right? There's an element to surprise here. Mm. Whereas Griezmann, like, just put it anywhere. Was and, fully in. Yeah. And people were saying, people were saying, and people sometimes look at it like, oh, the commentators say this a lot. Oh, he'll be thanking his, his stars that he was offside. Why? If anything, that's worse. Like, that may, like he couldn't even stay onside yeah. to finish the easiest chance in the world. And then he missed it. He had the advantage of being offside and being <laughs> in this position where it's like, there's no one here. And he shot it at the keeper. I think the Griezmann miss was terrible. One of the worst I've ever seen. But the Maratza one to the penalty was pretty freaking laughable. pathetic. It was he laughable. blasted it to the side of the net. Like, so much conviction. He's like, yeah. Oh, oh damn it. <laughs> Not even close. Missed by a mile. What do you no, think is the biggest terrible. problem with Spain? What's their biggest issue? They're trying too much to be the 2008, 2010, 2012 mm-hmm. Spain. They're trying too much to be technical. And that's fine. That's Spain. That's, you're not going to change an entire country's way of playing, right? That, that's going to take years really? and years of youth development and to well, see, or to one see it come into fruition. Like one new coach would, would implement yeah. a new system for them, to be fair. Because Enrique yeah. hasn't either, – either he believes in the system too much or he doesn't recognize that like, he should be changing it up. Like, I don't know if he just goes back after the games and is like, well, unlucky. And it's like, yeah, but fix it, right? Like, Yeah, I think, honestly, I would start for Ram Torres. He's way more dynamic, way better in the box. We started in the first game, right? He scored a hat-trick as well in, in the qualifiers. Yeah, I just, like for Ram Torres. I think, yeah. I think what they should do is play, like, 3-5-2, to be honest, and play mm. Adama at wing-back, and then play, yes. like, their midfield trio with... Um, this is what I would do, personally. I would have because then you have a use for your two left footed center backs yeah, anyway. Because yeah. right now you have two left footed center backs playing in a back two, which is a little bit weird. Okay, what I would do, keeper's fine, not his problem. Uh, Paul Torres, Imeric Laporte, and um, Aspilicueta. Okay, that's a solid back three. Okay, then at left back, what's going on with their left back situation here? Am I oh, yeah, it's Jordi um, Alba, it's Jordi Alba, right? The captain, he can he can stay there. Put Adama on right wing back. Because that's where we all want to see him anyway. At least then you have an injection of pace, which they desperately need. Then you can play uh, either Busquets or Rodri, whomever you want. Pedri has been great. Then you can play Thiago, who I think probably should be the other person in that midfield, to be honest, because they need some sparks yeah. of, of creativity. Then, uh, you want to keep Morata? Fine, keep Morata. I personally don't think so, but maybe it's him. Maybe it's Moreno. Maybe it's Ready. Ferran Torres and Marcos Lorente, the most versatile mm. man, because yes. that's a whole new look for a Spain squad that now has a lot more intricacies. It doesn't have a defined striker, but it has two players who can really finish. And we know that. And it has width and pace and it has a midfield. Like it's got, it checks all the boxes here. I Can managers just listen to this podcast? Man? Bro, that's the, my absolute we do the work for them. Like we're literally we're not giving paid. them the answers here. They get paid millions of pounds. They get paid all... If they just listen, bro, and you know what? They'd come off as geniuses because they would never... They, they could do it and they'd be like, I never heard that show in my life. Everyone and in Spain would have been like, what? what's up for three? What they're is like, this? Like, <laughs> but you know what? Like, maybe that's harsh on me because Daniel Almo 
it's not his fault either. Like he, he deserves to be in the squad too. Maybe he could be the other player in midfield with Pedri. Maybe it's not for Thiago. Maybe it's, yeah. it's almost there. There's a lot of working pieces. Spain have the pieces. So the fact that they're so underwhelming is like, well, like change it up. What do you All have to lose? All those substitutes are literally like-for-like replacements. There's nothing working. It, yeah. it, you're taking out salt just to put more salt in. And I know that's not yeah. a great analogy, but it's, it's what came off the top of my head. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. It's like they don't have a defined right back. And Lorente's been playing there because he can play wherever you need him to. Midfield has been super underwhelming. Morata has just been terrible. And uh, Moreno isn't a right winger. So for him to play there no. is a little bit weird. He should be at the nine. Ferran Torres could be playing there. Adama, I like when Adama plays because he's exciting. But also, he has no end product. So it's right. unless it's against City. So it's very, very hard. To, but he's good <laughs> at crossing and Moreno's good at heading. So, like, why not, man? Just give him some. He can't shoot. We know that. But, like, make something happen. He, he's a different way. He's a different type of player. Your shout for Aspilicueta will get the best out of Morata because remember when he was at Chelsea? Yeah, all the goals exactly. he scored. All the goals he scored. Long ball from Aspilicueta straight to Morata. The into perfect the net cross with a every time. A deep curling ball. Yeah, let them right. revisit like, that. Play a back three, which also, like by the way, Conte played a back three with that team. So revisit that team. And it's not like they don't have the that center league. backs for it. They have great center backs. They, they have two left-footed ball playing center backs. Play them in this system. It'll work perfectly. Anyway. I think we just fixed Spain, so you're welcome. Um, <laughs> assuming they do that, I think they'll, that. <laughs> they'll, have, they'll have five points. Sweden play Poland on the last day, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they do. So I think Sweden are probably going to top this group then. I think it seems won. like it. It seems like it. The crazy thing is that everyone can finish second and everyone can finish, you know, fourth. below. <laughs> yeah. Fourth. Yeah, it's true. We're not fourth, but everybody can not finish. Fourth, like, yeah. Slovakia have three points, and no, I didn't expect yeah. that, so... Good for them. But that's Poland. Poland's been super underwhelming, right? I don't think Poland are going to turn it around, though. I think they're playing the group leaders now. And which is, going which to is be unfortunate. Yeah, it's unfortunate. They um, they tried to get the best out of Lewandowski, but he's been incredibly isolated because the system isn't really Extreme. set up for that. Yeah. Um, but it's it's kind of like what Portugal tried to do in 2016 with trying to get the best out of Ronaldo by having mm. the system just, you know, just play past him. Ronaldo. do anything. Yeah, anything that's yeah. going to happen is going to be from him. But he's been a little bit underwhelming on the international stage. It's really not his fault, though. He got the goal against yeah. Spain. It's like you're so isolated. What are you going to do? You need service. You can't be dropping up that far deep to link up play like that because and it's you an don't aging team as well. To, yeah, you don't even have players to play it to out wide. Like so. Anyway, I think it'll be. I still think Spain and um, and Sw- and Sweden will be the ones to advance. It's just not necessarily how I thought they would. And again, Spain. If, so if they keep this up, how they've been playing, yeah. it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. Because they're not they're not good enough for them to actually make any sort of impact or waves in the tournament. So who, even if they make it through in second or third place, who cares? Like they're Absolutely. not threatening at all, right? Um, we can touch quickly on Group C because we absolutely nailed it with this one, and then we'll we'll end the show on Belgium, um, the Netherlands. Oh, actually, we didn't nail it because we said no, Ukraine. No, I, I think I put Ukraine second. I did too. Which, by the way, wasn't the worst shout. I mean, they oh, it uh, wasn't. They were they narrowly, narrowly lost um, to who was the it? Netherlands. The uh, Barnburn. Netherlands. Yeah. Yeah, it was a great game. So, and then they came back from that. It's just, you know, on the third game, they don't have Yaremchuk and Yarmolenko doing the same thing that was happening. And um, Malinovsky, by the way, who was killing it for Atalanta. Great. I had man. a, didn't, didn't really have a great tournament. And I maybe it might be nerves, but, you know, no, Ukraine can still, can still get in there if, as, you know, for one of the four best third place teams. Um, they'll just have to hope for that other teams draw points and we'll see how that goes. 
Yeah, we'll see. Literally, I don't want to spend too much time on this group because I want to get to Belgium and to Denmark. Um, but yes, I think if nothing else, what we have to say is just that the Netherlands, three from three, well mm -hmm. done to them. Like for adjusting to this so quickly, eight goals, four, two conceded. And those were both in the game against uh, against Ukraine, not the Ukraine, just well Ukraine. We'll talk about this as often as we talk about Ukraine. <laughs> um, I think Netherlands have had a lot. There's a lot to like about them. I think the the like Memphis has been very very good in a position where he still has his flair, but now he has a little bit of seniority and 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 captains see captainship captainness in him. He has that leadership quality is the word I'm looking yeah. for. And uh, Vine Album's been great as the captain in midfield. Right. Denzel Dumfries playing as a wing back is relishing every minute of it. Um, earning a move. You know, yeah, earning. I think I think he's going to earn a move to be honest, but. Um, there's a lot to like about the Netherlands team, and I want to see where who who they're who are they going to play. They're the first place in Group C, so they'll end up. Netherlands playing... would play the third of the you know the third team mini league. Whoever finishes in third in that four, that's who they're playing. Mm. All right. Well. So we'll see. we'll find out you know at that last day of those group stages. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see who it is. All right. And one of the show if they win, on... they get to play the winner between Wales and Denmark. All right, so there you go. easy, easy quarterfinal for them if they get. Yeah, there. so they should be able to make it pretty far then. Um, all right, and we'll end the show on Group B with Belgium and Denmark. This one we, this one I nailed. Did you yeah. nail it? Did you say Finland above above Russia? Maybe I did. I don't know. I can't remember. And I, I, I know, vividly for, remember. I, I did say this. I said I like I, Finland. I I think I put Denmark second. I don't know if I did, what I yeah. did with third and fourth. I I this is exactly as I said it would be Belgium, yeah. Denmark, Finland, Russia. And, I know we uh, nailed a couple of groups. We nailed a couple of groups. So maybe yeah. maybe I did. I just won't be confident because if I didn't, I'm going to look silly. <laughs> yeah, all right. Fair enough. No, I, I I did. I know I did. And um, I, I like it, to be honest. Like, we were talking a little bit about this on Friday with Denmark. And we were talking about how Belgium are going to win this group, obviously, comfortably. And we, we were kind of saying, okay, you remember we were having this discussion about whether or not Denmark could do it on the last day, and you said, ah, I don't know, because they don't have their talisman. And I said, bro, I bet, and that's not to throw you under the bus, it's just a shout here. <laughs> I said, I bet you they're going out to win this one for Ericsson, right? Like, there's no way they leave this They and leave. Boy, this did they do it. They went out there and they literally they went did like it. Narnia pre-match. They thumped them. Exactly, bro. <laughs> they absolutely thumped them, and it brought them into second, and it crushed Russia because it put Russia into last. Apparently, I saw a stat from KJ. KJ tweeted this. Shout this is the first time. The shout, out, shout out KJ. Yeah, close personal friend of the show. End of mine. Yep. Uh, he said this is the first 9-3-3-3 group that there's been for, I think, what was since the African Cup of Nations in like 2012. Like before that, you'd have to go back to the 70s. For Which the last Egypt time. won, by the way. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> that was the last time that there was a group that finished nine three three three, which is just so nice. Like the competitive, the competitive spirit is so fun in that. Um, Not but only listen, did we Belgium, win that, that we 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 won that back to back. So I'm just gonna say that. anyway. Continue. I have please. to. I have to give. <laughs> I want to talk about. I want to talk about. I just want to mention Denmark, like, and how proud we are of them for being able to fight that one off. If that was the last one, the last win that they're gonna have, which it very well might be then at least they got one. Makes you emotional, point. man. Makes yeah, you emotional. it really does. Um, I want to talk about Belgium, though, because I have to talk about them in the same standard that I hold Italy. And it's because right. I didn't necessarily think that Belgium... I don't understand how they're, top, how they're FIFA, like, number one in the FIFA rankings. I think that's utter ludicrous. 
Mm-hmm. I think it's silly. But if I'm going to hold Italy to this standard, I have to hold Belgium to the same one, which is how well were they tested? And I don't know that they were tested all that much. And maybe it has to do with how much quality they have to run through the opposition. That's fair. But maybe it's that they haven't played opposition that can give them problems. They've looked and comfortable from the from day one. They've looked so comfortable. Like, there's never been a moment that you've ever thought, yeah, I don't know about Bowser not winning this group. You just knew 100%. No one's going to pose them any problems here. Lukaku's been outstanding. He's, he's proving himself as a lone nine, which I like a lot. Because remember, I had that, that concern yep. about him playing as a lone nine at club level. And mm-hmm. I still have that concern. I, I want to see what happens. Um, but he's not going to be playing in a, in a lone nine for next season any, either anyway. So yeah. that won't be a concern we have to address till he inevitably moves away from Inter. But I like the fact that Belgium are out here doing what they're supposed to do and aren't struggling with, with mediocre opposition because it tells me that right. they're in this like very, very seriously. And now De Bruyne's back playing for them. Who are they going to play if they advance? Because I know you said... Uh, they they play the, the top of the four mini league thing oh from, okay yeah so we'll have so they'll to play the well. best third place team yeah okay i see i think right, i so think we that's don't know how that works gonna be, but yeah it'll be some so unless they get like well that'll be with somebody with four points which is impossible in a group of death it's probably unless, switzerland unless france as, as it stands now i think it's switzerland okay yeah so it's unless france lose to portugal and then germany win as well then that would be crazy if it was france oh my god can you imagine Belgium no, versus France? That would be crazy. But let's talk about them a little bit. What's made them so good? <laughs> so many things. I mean, their defense held up a lot better than I thought they would. They've only conceded one goal. Um, I thought the aging of Vertonghen and Alderweireld would cause them problems, but it didn't. So good for them. Yeah, they haven't been tested, and, yet, right? <laughs> no, they yeah, haven't. No one's posed them any problems. Exactly. And, you know, just playing with... Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, Lukaku, you've got Dries Mertens coming off, you've got both Hazards and yep. Yuri Tillemans and Axel Witzel. Come on, man. It's just the depth of it's so depth much is insane. Quality. Yeah, it's, it's I think so they've even quality. got Castagna, so you got it's, it's, it's crazy. Game. Yeah. Oh, true. It really is. Yeah, but it has to do with how much quality that they have. And that's part of what I was saying about the whole Italy complex, right? Which is like, what happens when you get tested? When you meet someone who's also of supreme quality, yeah. I want to see. Um, I want to see what happens when Belgium's midfield two is under threat. Like, what happens then? Yeah. No, I agree with I, you. I trust maybe maybe they three, change it up. I, I trust their front three to continue firing on all cylinders as they do. I trust their offensively, they're always going to be great. How much do you trust then, them defensively if they're going to get run through in midfield? I don't know. Right. I don't maybe know. then they change it to a 3-4-1-2 just so they can have an extra midfielder and push Kevin a little bit higher up. Maybe, um, maybe that's you know, what you do. So we'll see. Let's see. Let's see what happens here, guys. I'm like very excited, but I think we've give. I think we've covered all the major stories here that we needed to. Am I missing anything? Because honestly, anything? I think if they end up playing Italy, a two-man striker team um, might be doing well against an Italian aging defense. Especially, bro, I don't even think Lukaku's they need that. I think Lukaku single-handedly, he's like, bro, I know how to tear apart Serie A boys. What do you think? I'm afraid. Yeah, but if you want to keep a solid midfield so that they don't so that Italy doesn't play through you you might as well just put an extra man in there i agree that's what i'm saying i said you don't need a, t- a two yeah. up front for strikers bro leave lukaku up there by himself cuz i'm not that worried about him being isolated he's actually become quite good for belgium at, at dropping back and then springing out uh wingers doku deserves a shout that boy's awesome i can't hmm. wait to see this dude like take that next step 
because he's he's a baller. He's a, just a baller. That's yeah. and that's that's the Jersey Wall term that we're gonna use. Like there are certain players who are just like that's a baller, and the listeners know exactly what we mean by that. It's like yep, it's exactly what it is. It's a he's a exactly. baller. Perfect word for it. Um, is that good enough to wrap it? I think what so. Think? I think Anything we've had an exciting tournament. Yeah, we've we've had an exciting tournament. I'm excited to see what happens next. Uh, funny to me that the two countries that missed out on international competitions in the last two international competitions are both top of their groups with nine, like just a perfect record mm-hmm. in, yep. in this tournament. So um, there's a lot of unanswered questions about the big teams at the moment, especially the ones in Group F and England, like we said. Yeah. Um, and we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And we'll but see how it goes. Rest Ooh. assured, we will bring you content analyzing absolutely that. Absolutely, sure. we will. Yep. We absolutely you wanna, will. You want to plug the hoodies? Absolutely. I was just going to say, guys, we got merch now. We got merch. And I want to make this very clear. We are not selling merch. We are buying merch. Okay. We are looking to place a giant merch order. And I want to make this clear. The reason I'm saying this is because I don't want people to think, oh, like we're like we're upcharging for these hoodies to make profit. That's literally not what we're doing. We're we've made, we've designed custom Jersey wall hoodies, which look stunning. Okay. If you want to check them out, go to the TJW Instagram page. It's at TJW uh, podcast. Podcast. On, on Instagram. You can go see them there. It's it's with all the colors. It's one of the most recent posts. Spectacular. And they're they're so nice. All right. And we're not selling these hoodies to you. We're literally just trying to place a massive order from jump because the more that we can get on the orders, the cheaper they'll be for everybody. Okay. They're not going to be super expensive. Uh, the prices are Canadian. If you need them shipped, we can cut like the this website will allow us to ship them directly to your address. Yeah. So just let us know if you're interested in repping your favorite podcast and looking damn good. I think that's a pretty good thing. If you want to look yeah. damn good and support your favorite podcast, you get one of these hoodies. They're, they're, you'll look great. You'll look intelligent because people hmm. will be like, oh, wow. Like, oh, this guy's that? a Jersey a conversation That starter. means he's a smart person. Yeah. Uh, and so we're, we're there for you. Okay, They come you'll in pretty be warm, much every you'll color. You'll be cozy. You'll be comfortable. Bro, it's I count so many pros here. Like, there's and there's really no cons. We don't get to make a profit, so yeah. And it's not yeah. even for us. We're literally no. just we're doing the honorable thing here and buying them and selling them at cost so that everybody can get the cheapest price possible. I think that's very exactly. noble, and I can't wait to place this order. We're going to be ordering it sometime later this week. So uh, act fast, check them out, um, and don't hesitate to reach out to us either for merch for anything else. You can find me on Instagram at the Nathan Santos. You can find the show everywhere at Master Chef Nay. It's available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube at Master Chef Nay. Brethren, where can we find you? Mina.Golly98 on Instagram. And if you can find me on Twitter, I'll follow you back. Boom. And that's going to wrap it for episode number 96 of the Jersey Wall podcast. I, You know, we used to say brought to you by, but we don't have yeah. a brought to you by anymore. We need to get a brought to you by. Uh, by two by. studs. Brought to you by Master Chef Nay Incorporated, by by yeah. these by Brethren FC. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm, by Brethren, Brethren FC, FC. Mm, love yes. it. All right, guys, take care. Enjoy your Monday, or it's probably Tuesday by the time most of you are listening to this, or whatever day you're listening on. Sometime this week, we thank you as always for the support. It means so much to us. Check out TJW Podcast on Instagram for other content updates. Everything that we're doing is on Instagram. There, we can't stress enough how much the support means to us. We're almost at hundred, guys. We're almost at triple almost. digits and we'll you be will be able to tell people that you were there before we, we hit triple digits. So Absolutely. thank you as always for your support. We love you. And we'll see you next week or later this week uh, right here on the Jersey Wall Podcast, baby. Woo!